Thank you. Thank you. This next song, um, I would like for my two sons to join me is Jafar and Your Majesty. Welcome back, MJ fan. It's day 12 of the Black Jackson Estate 12 Days of Christmas special. Merry Christmas to you. If you're celebrating Holly, 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 it's Christmas Day. We hope you're spending time with your family, your friends. Uh, we hope that you, if you're not spending time with family and friends, you're still feeling loved on this day, that you're feeling peace, that you are feeling like you are appreciated and loved because guess what? You are. And if nobody tells you today that you are appreciated and loved, we can assure you that we love you. We appreciate you. We're glad you're here. We're glad that you want to be here. And we are looking forward to the wonderful and great things that happen for you and in your life in 2022. But today we are celebrating the birth of Christ. All right. For unto us, a child is born and the Black Jackson estate has acknowledged that. And we certainly celebrate it on today. User 1.5. Merry Christmas to you, Grinchy. Did you take the Who's Their Gifts back yet? It's Christmas Day. Christmas time is here. <laughs> is it the same? Is it? Oh, wait. Is it the right movie? Anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Kwanzaa starts tomorrow. So happy Kwanzaa because we won't see y'all tomorrow because we don't give hey. y'all 12 days and we're tired. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy John Canoe on the 26th. And there you have it, user two. Merry Christmas to you. How are you feeling on this Christmas day, 2021? Who would know? Ho, ho, ho. Who would know? Jesus was a Capricorn. Click, click, click. Down through the chimney with old St. Nick. Happy holidays, y'all. I'm they're gonna hate though. They're gonna hate. Go ahead. That's cool. It's cap season officially again. <laughs> uh the most famous name in the world was born during Capricorn season. So shout out to Jesus Christ. Uh and if you want to argue, so is Martin Luther King Jr. So keep pushing us. We got the we got the A-list on Team Cap her. And it is what the fuck it is. So um, I mean that with no disrespect so merry christmas happy holidays it's a beautiful time of the year it's the end of the year and so thankful that we made it to another holiday season oh yes oh yes oh yes we're here at another holiday season we are celebrating the birth of christ as inside a capricorn season there's so many great capricorns uh that are coming up including user two and yours truly user one i just recently found out that Issa ray shares the same birthday as user two which is january the 12th and that i told i told user two that made so much sense to me now like 
you know, it makes sense to me now. Everything has come aligned now that I've learned that fact. We love Insecure. We're big Insecure fans over here. Happy holidays, MJ fam. This is our last episode, and we are ready to give it to you, baby. User two, take it away. <laughs> and, and happy early birthday to you. Um, we won't be recording on Insurrection Day, a.k.a. user one's <laughs> birthday. It's also old Christmas as well. See see how she's trying to make it better now? I'm not trying to make it better. It's been old Christmas a lot longer than it's yeah. been what y'all trying to call Insurrection Day, which I don't recognize because I ain't one of them people. But that's what happened. We all watched it. No, I just feel like this is what the hate of Virgos coming through right now. And wow. that's cool. Michael was y'all a Virgo. Are, Beyonce's a yeah. Virgo. We and y'all all Virgos be episode, reaching so. for a lot of attention. Don't be a hater. baby over a balcony. Wow. So if you need the attention, just say so. But there's no reason... There's no season more hated than Cap. Cap- People really come after Capricorns. And it's so, so tragic and sad. But thank you, user two, for that early birthday shout out. And let me shoot it back to you, baby, whose birthday is coming up <laughs> on hey, January. Listen, Caps, y'all done. We're y'all having we're a done. love fest. It is Capricorn a love fest. Season. She feel because left out. That's goats. what it is. Can we just say that? Yeah, we goats. I think she's just feeling left out. And so she's doing that. Yeah, well, we felt left out during Virgo season. So right. but now. we didn't we didn't hate though. See how you know how we didn't hate? We was just like Virgos, what's up? But the Virgos come for Capricorns, like we can't celebrate and have our time to shine. I read the horoscope today for we're recording on winter solstice, and it said Capricorn is the hardest working Zodiac. They are the only Zodiac sign to end the year and start it, putting the rest of the Zodiacs on their back. Back. We are the Michael Jackson of the (laughs) astrology world. Don't we have an episode to It is a So let's get into it. Let's get into it, baby. (laughs) On this 12th and final day, the gift of all gifts it's Jermaine Jackson. Now, why is Jermaine Jackson a gift? Uh, Michael gave him to us. And if there had been no Michael Jackson, would we know Jermaine? So, this goes right on our list of 12 gifts from Michael Jackson. So, let's start with a few stories we never would have gotten about Michael Joseph Jackson if it had not been for Jermaine. The sources for these stories will come from two very important books in the Jackson family canon. The first, a mainstay here at the Black Jackson estate and favorite of myself and user 1.5, the best-selling autobiography slash biography you are not alone through a brother's eyes written by jermaine jackson our second source jackson family values by margaret maldonado jackson so first up a story from jermaine's book about michael jackson and his thruple with his brother, Jermaine. Now, this story is famous. Michael and Jermaine shared a hotel room over the years uh, when the Jackson Five 
were on the road in the early days. And Michael and Marlon got into a lot of mischief as the brothers were constantly dating girls uh, and sneaking them in and out of hotel rooms. And so this story is about Michael Jackson cock-blocking his brother. It goes a bit like this. There were so many girls coming at me back then, and my teenage self found the attention impossible to resist. But sneaking a girl by Bill Bray's door and knowing when Joseph was not around was a skill in itself. Because it was also forbidden, it felt like a home run every time I managed to get a girl beyond checkpoints and beyond the threshold of the bedroom door. I had never been so grateful for exterior fire exits and back stairways. The awkward problem, of course, was sharing a room with Michael. What made this worse was that if he knew I was pursuing a certain girl, he deliberately attached himself to my hip. But once, one golden once, Michael was nowhere to be seen, and I managed to sneak away from some hotel gathering to hook up with the prettiest of girls. Back home, I had been seeing a lot of Hazel Gordy, but while we liked each other and sent endless love letters, puppy love had not advanced into anything serious, leaving me free to build my experience on the road. We Can older... I just pause you there and say that? <laughs> I was going to plow right through it. <laughs> I really was. I build, just want to make that clear. Okay. Build that's why my he... experience mm. on the road. User 1.5, what made you stop here? You know, Jermaine has an alternative relationship with the truth. And sometimes he's right on it. And sometimes he's right underneath it. And that whole, while our puppy love had grown and da, 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 but I was still exploring on the road. Okay, she, he, she didn't know he was exploring. Mm-mm. And I don't think he made it clear that he was exploring, which is probably all that exploring is probably why the wedding of the century turned into the divorce a la finding Allah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, go ahead, continue. Read on, read on. We love Jermaine. We love you, Jermaine. We love you, Jermaine. He goes on to say, we older brothers had a way of describing how far we got with the girl from first base, the kiss, to second base, touching slash close off, to third base, the sex. And in my hotel room that night, I was an L.A. Dodger running wild. Eyes closed on top of this girl, kissing and touching with a freedom I didn't think possible. That feels really good, she said. I was getting serious. She was groaning. Third base was in sight. I had one hand stroking her face and the other on the mattress beside her head. I love how you stroke my thighs, she continued. You're real gentle. I'm not stroking your thighs. It feels good, she whispered. I peeked open my eyes and maneuvered my head to take a sly look down the bed. And that's when I saw it. Michael's arm reaching up and over from underneath the bed, his hand circling her thigh. Michael! I jumped up. The poor girl was mortified. And Michael, chuckling, was already scrambling for the door. I could have killed him, not only because he was hiding there the whole time, but because he heard me whispering all these sensual, sweet nothings that he would tease me with for weeks. I refused to speak to him that night. When we turned out the lights and he wished me good night, I said nothing. 
He waited for a few minutes in the dark and then brokered the piece. She got some real creamy thighs, he said, and we both bust out laughing. That's story number one from You Are Not Alone through a brother's eyes. User one, how do you feel about that story? That's a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just a lot. Um, clearly a scene that was that was uh, drowned a little to make it a little less uh, explicit for the movie that we did see in the, the movie, The Jacksons and American Dream, where Michael was in the room when Jermaine was having an experience um, or as he said, what did he say? What did he call it? He was he exploring an an an, ex, an exploration. Oh, build, uh, he had his, to build, build his experience. Build on the his road. experience on the road. One of his build his experience on the road episodes. Um, I think that's just what what rock stars do, you know. And he was really young. It is unfortunate that Michael was kind of exposed to these sorts of things at a very young age. You can see how that would be crippling or traumatic in a terrible terrible to really really traumatic for him um but it was also michael was a a very small kid that was with his brothers who were older and were clearly going to be exploring these sorts of um ideas and maturation in their sexuality so that's cool. I, I think that that's just that's what happens. And shout out to homegirl who definitely has a story to tell, just like Jermaine to her girl. She had a story to tell to her girlfriends after that, her family. And maybe she told her kids one day about that time she was in Jermaine Jackson's uh, hotel room. And somehow Michael was someone. Michael was resting her thigh. leg. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting sort of snippet now so is this story supposed to solidify jermaine as the goat or what are we doing here what this uh, is just a story that we would not have gotten if it wasn't for jermaine story about <laughs> michael that we wouldn't have gotten without okay. jermaine <laughs> okay these are the gifts jermaine has given us these stories that we would have no idea about because he can't keep his mouth closed so let's move on to someone else who will be telling Jermaine's kids some stories. Margaret Maldonado Jackson. The story I'll be reading is from Jackson Family Values, where Margaret Maldonado tells her story of her common law relationship with Jermaine Jackson that's been several years and essentially culminated with her uh, producing the Jackson's miniseries and getting no thanks for it. Can we be clear? This is not Randy's ex-wife, correct? This is not Randy's ex-wife. Okay, this, just wanted to make that clear. Thank you for that question. Mm -hmm. I can see why many people would have that question. Uh, but this is the young lady who came immediately after Hazel, uh, well, mid-Hazel divorce. And where we pick up in the story, Jermaine's income has dwindled down. Hazel has taken a good portion of it in the divorce and Jermaine decides to move in with his then girlfriend. And at this point, I think they have one son and they decide to consolidate their resources and move into Havenhurst. And when they move into Havenhurst, they've got several roommates, including Catherine and Joseph, Latoya and Michael Jackson. This passage is Margaret sharing about her first day at Havenhurst. The Jacksons simply call it Havenhurst. 
The family compound in Encino, California, is fronted by large black wrought iron gates and a guardhouse in which two security people keep watch day and night. Toward the rear of the property is a second security post, a watchtower from which the entire property can be observed. As we moved in that sunny winter day in 1988, I took another look around the house, decorated with ornate gold Italian eight furniture. The white marble entryway, which had a chandelier that looked like a crystal waterfall, led to the grand stairway, which was covered in thick forest green carpet. A large grandfather clock and Grecian bronze statues completed the picture. Catherine had opened up Janet's old room upstairs for Jermaine, Jeremy, and me to use. By that time, Janet had moved to a hillside condo with her director boyfriend, Renee Elizondo. Her old room wasn't overly large, but had a white marble fireplace and a black marble bathroom. It was a step up from our Wilshire Boulevard condo. Directly across from the hall from us was Latoya's room with its peach carpet and similar white marble fireplace and black marble bath. In the other upstairs wing of the house was Catherine and Joseph's suite, which had its own sitting area and large bath. At the end of our hallway was Michael's room, the largest in the house. He paid to have the house remodeled and added his room, which was two stories high with a winding stairway that led to a balcony with its own jacuzzi. A private entrance allowed Michael to come and go as he pleased. His room once housed a glass case that held statuettes of the seven dwarfs from Disney Snow White, but it had been moved to the trophy room downstairs. There were pictures of Peter Pan hung on the walls and CDs and tapes scattered all over the floor. Michael had the regulation Jackson black marble bathroom, except his had faucets in the shape of gold swans. Jermaine looked at it all noncommittally as he showed me around. I spent my first few days wandering around the property. One of my first and favorite stops was the trophy room, a testimony to the family's extraordinary career. It was lined wall to wall with awards, gold records, magazine covers, and citations from governments around the world. Some for Michael, some for the Jackson Five. I would later learn that this room was a sore reminder to the other Jackson brothers of how far Michael's career had outstriped theirs. User 1.5, this is a tale that just gives us descriptions of the property. Yes, what did you take away from that layout uh, that Margaret just described? You know, uh, first of all, Jan and LaToya had rooms across the hall from each other. I think that that's awesome. Uh, LaToya kind of echoes that in her book when she says that she would open the door and peep out and see uh, Janet um, in the doorway. Um, I think she also echoes that when she talks about Janet and that DeBarge boy living there. Um, That's another story. Uh, I think that... It sounds, first of all, I thought of those green plush carpets. Like it sounds old school, like the decor sounds very old school. Like Catherine definitely decorated that house and picked out the carpet. But I think for her, she sounds very fangirlish in her description of Havenhurst, which is to be expected because, you know, she just is all of a sudden with, Jermaine Jackson of the Jacksons and they're moving into this house where Michael lived. Um, and, and for her, it was very, it was, it was surreal. I'm sure. So, because she talked about her favorite room being the trophy room uh, and just looking at all those awards. So I think she was pretty fan. She was, she was fangirling it 
for those first couple of days she was there. But good for Margaret. Good, good, good for, good for Margaret. I'm with you. Good for Margaret. User one, these are stories we would not have gotten without Jermaine and Jermaine and his girlfriend having access to Michael Jackson and his home. What are your thoughts about Jermaine and Margaret moving in and giving us this vivid description of the property? Well, concerning them moving in, where else were they going to go? So I have no, don't have really thoughts about that. No, That's so called, they, they consolidated and they decided that it yeah. was best for she their was really family. Young when she started messing with Jermaine, he was still married to Hazel when that relationship took and off. He and he liked them young girls, didn't he? I, I love well, Jermaine. I love Jermaine. You know, but I'm a just lot of men, a lot of older men like younger women because... Mm. There are a lot of reasons, and some of them are nefarious. Let's just talk about it. You know, they are less mature, so they can't recognize the red flags in, oh, uh, this is a mess, because um, they just don't have enough life experience. Uh, they may be easily manipulated or whatever, or maybe he did love her. I don't know. But anyway, them moving into the house makes perfect sense, because I don't want to sleep on the streets, do you? So, okay, cool. Let's go. B, thank God for Margaret, because she spilled the tea. And in part, she spilled the tea, which uh, was not covered in the passage read, but he wasn't, he, he owed her money for child support. She wrote this book. She got herself in advance, I'm sure. And she could take care of their children after the fact. So um, she's actually really accomplished in her own right as a professional. So I'm not even mad at her writing this book. I think her descriptions are just her giving us what she saw and what she understand was happening around her with the interplay between the brothers and even the interplay between all the characters and personalities in the family. So I have no reason to doubt her account as authentic. Of course, she wrote this and got money for it, but something about her account in this book doesn't feel fraudulent. So I agree with you. I also love the tidbit about how Michael remodeled the house and now his room is the biggest in the house. Mm-hmm. Of course. On brand. Mm-hmm. Can't blame mm-hmm. the guy. He's paying all the bills anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so the next story we're sharing is from Jermaine's book where he talks a bit about Michael's loneliness. Michael never mentioned feeling lonely at Havenhurst without the brothers. He concealed it well, even though he lived under the same roof as my parents and sisters. I don't think any of us knew it was one of the most difficult periods of his life or how isolated he felt until we read his autobiography. Of course, he built a special bond with Janet and she became his virtual shadow. Those two were so alike, it was sometimes uncanny. Janet, although a tomboy, was the female version of Michael in many ways. Sensitive, gentle, inquisitive, socially brittle, but heartily strong and full of kindness. But she wasn't always around because her acting abilities had landed her a role in the CBS sitcom. In the CBS sitcom, Good Times, playing Penny, which put her on set most days, nine to five. Michael always had Latoya, and they were all so close. He adored his sisters. Without them, he would have been utterly lost. But I think there is something about being brothers that only a brother can know. And I suspect the same detachment that hit me hit him. Maybe it was the shared realization that we had no real friends outside the industry. We never had not in Gary, not in Los Angeles. Our pace of life, the many schedules and our countless dreams had gotten the way of forming true bonds. Friendship was a word we heard, but never really understood. 
So when he got bored, Michael told mother he was going for a walk down the street, and I guess she assumed he was getting out to clear his head. Ventura Boulevard is the longest east to west thoroughfare that links the San Fernando Valley with Hollywood, and he had only to turn left out of the gates and walk less than one block to reach the crossroads next to the local supermarket. Michael didn't wander down there to clear his head. He went to find friends, to meet people who didn't know who I was. I wanted to meet anybody in the neighborhood. It was years later when we briefly spoke about this. Why didn't you call me or the other brothers? Jermaine said. You had Hazel. I didn't want to disturb you, Michael said. That was Michael, afraid of coming across as a nuisance or upsetting someone's plans. Or maybe it was because we had never needed to organize our togetherness before. So the idea of arranging a meetup unscheduled was alien among the brothers. Whatever the reason, it was not the first time Michael had been in distress and failed to reach out to his family. He'd rather suffer quietly, walk away and seek his answers in strangers. It was as if he wished to enter into a bond where the slate was clean. Not that such a hope would be realistic. As he told me, traffic only stopped in Ventura Boulevard when motorists spotted, quote, Michael Jackson hovering on the street. They wound down their windows and asked for his autograph. They took his photo. I can only imagine his sadness when his expectations ran up against that reality. User one, Michael Jackson walking up and down Ventura Boulevard. Jermaine gives us a glimpse of what it's like to find out years later that your brother, who you think is just going for a walk, is actually having a mental health crisis. What do you take away from that? That's really sad. And it goes to what Michael talked about in his own, you know, from his own mouth. Some of the sadness he dealt with in certain parts of his life. I can imagine. So what kind of stuck out to me was this idea that we didn't have any really friends or people to talk to outside of industry people that happens with people a lot inside of careers and professions. And it's something that I actually actively make sure I'm not doing. It can become very isolating. You don't want to always talk to, if you're a baker, a bunch of bakers, or if you're a mechanic, you're always talking to other people who work on cars or whatever. Or if you're a doctor, you only have doctor friends. Or if you're in, if you do hair, whatever it is you do that you only have friends in those areas, that can be very boring (laughs) and isolating. You want to feel like you have friends and interests that expand beyond that. So I can understand how, how Michael felt really isolated in that and lonely because he was so big and such a star that all he really had was showbiz and showbiz friends. And he wanted just a regular friend. And even beyond his brothers, I think maybe he gave the nice answer to Jermaine, like, oh, you've got Hazel. It's more like, even you guys, I love you, but I want someone who can just be my friend because, not because we're related and we're brothers or whatever. So I think that's very sad. And I hope that at some point in Michael's life, he was able to have that sort of friendship and openness with someone and be really happy inside of that sort of relationship. Moving on to our next story from Jermaine Jackson. A story we would not have gotten without Jermaine telling us. This one takes place in 2003. Michael flew by private jet into Santa Barbara where the police were waiting by arrangement in an airport hangar. Every move was played out on television, his takeoff, his landing, his transfer to the police station, and his arrival there in handcuffs. 
As he got out of the police car, he bounced his bound arms behind his back, a gesture to the news helicopters, as if to say, see, see what they're doing to me. He wanted the world to know. Afterwards, I wanted to know what the world was being told. Some in the family couldn't bear to watch the television coverage, but I couldn't stop myself from tuning in to CNN. Its anchor, Kira Phillips, was with a blonde girl from Entertainment Tonight and a court expert, both of whom were making disparaging comments about Michael and condemning him. First, the Sneddonshide show, then the handcuffing, and now two rent-a-quotes pretending to sound informed. I might have been extra sensitive at this time, but this kind of speculative opinion is a media game that the public takes seriously, and it left me fuming. The final straw was when the blonde said something derogatory about the family, and I flipped, smashing my fist into the television screen, shattering it. I then dialed CNN and demanded to be put on air because it's very simple in our family. If you hurt one of us, you hurt all of us. I don't think Kira Phillips believed it could be me with everything going on, but I wasn't there for a friendly one-on-one and my voice was shaking with anger. I'd never gone on radio, television, or stage so spontaneously or furious, but I'd heard enough. Michael is a thousand percent innocent, I said, building up my rant. And we're tired of people. And I'm sick and fucking tired of people speaking on my brother's behalf and my family's behalf who do not know us. You put these people on national TV, international TV, and they say these things. And the public is saying, oh, wow, is he really like this? My brother is not innocentric. My brother is about peace. At the end of the day, this is nothing but a modern day lynching. This is what they want to see. Him in handcuffs. You got it. But it won't be for long. I promise you. She said she had no idea what we were going through. No, you don't. You don't walk in my shoes or my family's shoes, but you put these people on television to say things. We are family and we will continue to be family. That's my love right there. And we support him 1000%. I have nothing else to say goodbye. When I slammed down the receiver, my hand was shaking. I sat down, looked at the shattered TV screen, put my head in my hands, and wept. User 1.5, this is a story Damn. we wouldn't have gotten without Jermaine. Yeah. How do you feel hearing that story? You know, Jermaine pulled a Whitney. Uh, y'all remember when Whitney Houston called um, Wendy Williams when she had her radio show? And called in to tell her that she was wrong about some stuff she had said and to set the record straight. That's what Jermaine did. And um, you know, you know, I, I think that it it that time it was just a bunch of raw emotion for Jermaine. And, you know, after he put his fist through that TV allegedly, you know, he needed to set the record straight. I think he's a good brother. I think Jermaine is a really good brother. I think he loves his brother. I think like all siblings and all families, they have their differences and they have their fights. But at the end of the day, Jermaine has been one of Michael's biggest supporters. Go, I mean, literally his entire career. And so it doesn't surprise me that he would want to defend his brother um, and that he would, you know, in, in, in this storytelling form of of my brother's keeper his book retell this story because like we said in a previous podcast this book is mostly about michael and jermaine in michael's orbit basically so vintage jermaine we love jermaine jermaine we love you come on the show 
We love you, Jermaine. So these snippets give you a summary of, again, stories you never would have gotten if Jermaine or Margaret hadn't told us. Use one closing thoughts. Merry Christmas to the entire MJ fam. Merry Christmas to everybody checking out our podcast because you just enjoy our thoughts and opinions on Michael Jackson. We are ending our 12 days of Christmas with a very succinct discussion of Jermaine Jackson and his importance to the Michael Jackson story and timeline. We hope you have enjoyed it and Merry Christmas, happy holidays and happy new years to everyone. Peace, love, family, and togetherness. We wish you all the best in the year ahead. Merry Christmas, baby. Shorty, treat me right. And let's get serious for the holidays. Later.